Yeah, praise God. Good to see you all here in the house of God. And amen. Got your Bibles? Second uh, Kings 13, verse 14 to 20. Second Kings 13, 14 to 20. I've got a, pretty, a very practical sermon this morning. And uh, the story came out of General Motors and its customer care uh, center. A complaint, this was a number of years back, a complaint was received by the Pontiac Division of General Motors. And this is what this man wrote. This is the second time I've written to you. And I don't blame you for not answering me because I sounded crazy. But it is a fact that we have a tradition in our family of ice cream for dessert after dinner each night. Yes, diabetes family. Amen. But the kind of ice cream varies so. Every night after we've eaten, the whole family votes on which kind of ice cream we should have. And I drive down to the store to get it. It's also, and I recently purchased a new Pontiac. And since then, my trips to the store have created a problem. You see, every time I buy vanilla ice cream, when I start back from the store, my car won't start. If I get any other kind of ice cream, the car starts just fine. I want you to know I'm serious about this question, no matter how stupid it sounds. What is there about Pontiac that makes it not start when I get vanilla ice cream? And easy to start whenever I get any other kind of ice cream. The Pontiac president, of course, was really skeptical about the letter, but you know, guess what? No customer service. They sent an engineer to check it, check it out. The engineer went there and he was very surprised to find a successful, obviously well-educated man in a very good neighborhood. He arranged to meet the man just after dinner time, so the two hopped into the car, drove to the ice cream store, got vanilla ice cream that night, and sure enough, they came back to the car, it wouldn't start. The engineer returned for three more nights. First night, they got chocolate. Then after that, car started. Second night, they got strawberry. Car started. Amen. Third night, they ordered vanilla. Car wouldn't start. So by now, the engineer, of course, he's a logical man. He's an engineer. He refused to believe that the car was allergic to vanilla ice cream. He rearranged, therefore, to continue his visits for as long as it took to solve the problem. He started writing down all sorts of data, you know, the type of gas they used, how long they spent in the store, the distance to and back from the store, and all of that. And after he analyzed everything, he came up with the answer uh, that the reason the car wasn't allergic to vanilla ice cream, reason was it took less time to buy vanilla ice cream than any other flavor. See, vanilla is a very, uh, uh, one of the more uh, uh, popular flavors. And so they put it at the front of the store. The other flavors, they put it at the back of the store. So it took longer to get other flavors than it took to get vanilla. And so after being an engineer, he checked it out, found out it was a vapor lock. You see, when the man, when they went to get other uh, flavors, they went to the back of the store, there was time for the engine to cool down. Car could start. When you got vanilla flavored, no time for the engine to cool down. The vapor lock came in and the car wouldn't start. See, some of the problems we face in life can be solved if we really take time to think. That's what I'll preach on this morning. And you gotta think. Amen. And all those from Chandler know where that statement comes from. <laughs> Amen. Second Kings 13, 14 to 20. Elijah had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came to him 
wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and your horsemen. And Elijah said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows, and he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. And Elijah put his hand on the king's hand, and he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elijah said, Shoot any shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Ephraim till you have destroyed them. Then he said, Take the arrows. So he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, Strike the ground. So he struck three times, and he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Then Elijah died, and they buried him. The raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. In our text, we see a portion of time where, the ki- where King Joash let complete victory over his enemies slip out of his hands. Now, all he had to do was strike the ground, shoot the ground more than three times, which he did not do. And the reason he did not do that was because he did not think. He just followed instructions without thinking it through. See, there are times, there are situations in our life where we need, we must take that extra time to ask ourselves, How, why, which, when, and so on. And King Joash did not do that. He just pulled out that bow. He shot those arrows without thinking it through. See, church, sometimes God won't give us exact instructions. That's the reality. You know, you you get people coming, "Uh, uh, you know, I prayed and God told me I shouldn't have uh, a coffee this morning. They're idiots. Amen. Can quote me. Amen. That's ridiculous. Okay? Unless you're going to die for me, then God might tell you, yeah, don't drink it. But I'm not going to give you those instructions every morning. Yeah. And many times the reality is God doesn't give us very exact instructions because he either requires us to ask him of it, or in the case of our text, he wants us to use that most powerful tool of all that is given us, which is our brains. This is the control center of our life. The modern term, this is the CPU. This controls everything and it's given us the most powerful tool. Our brain is an amazing tool. Till now, the reason they're trying to make computers that work like our brains. That's why they're trying to work on quantum computing. Amen. Because it'll have the ability to work at our bra- like our brains do. And that's scary. Amen. And he's given it to us because he wants us to use it. God has matured our minds through the blood of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That word thought comes from the word logic. Zomai, which means to conclude, to reason, to think on. To think is not as complicated, as difficult as it seems. See, King Joash acknowledged that Elijah was the protector of Israel. We see that in our text. And in that cry was the plea for help. 
And Elijah immediately tells him, shoot to the east, which was where Syria was. And it was an ancient custom where in those days to shoot an arrow or throw a spear into the country which an army intended to invade. What would happen was the general or the leader, the king in those days, kings went forth to battle, would come and just before they stepped into a foreign land, they would take an arrow and shoot in or throw a spear into that land. Alexander the Great, arriving on the coast of Iona, threw a spear into the country of the Persians. That's what they used to do. So it was an under, what was being told wasn't something new. It was something cultural, something traditional, something that was very common in those days. And then after this, Elijah informs him to strike an effort. So this whole scenario is happening with the understanding that it's linked with the security of Israel. See, in times where God wants us to think it through carefully on our own, the situation itself will give us the answer we require. I repeat that. The times where God wants us to think on our own, where he's not going to answer and give us exact instructions, the situation itself will give us the answer we require. Will tell us what we need to do to assure victory, to get what we have asked of God. All it takes is for us to ponder, to think. Yeah, this is the second part of last week's sermon. In that we mean we, there are times we have to just obey. Do the Nike, just do it, because God said so. But there are times we got to think. Christianity is a balance. Let's look at faith. Faith is an important part of Christianity. Amen. But the word of God speaks as much about stewardship, the other tension of it, the balance of it. You know, Christianity is a balance, and in that balance, there's times we have to think things through. Dr. Washington Carver, the world-famous scientist, uh, scientist in Tuskegee Institute, when he came out of slavery, if you read up on that man, astounding story, he discovered 150 products that could be gotten out of the common sweet potato and 300 products from the humble peanut. We should all thank him for peanut butter. Yes, thank you, God, for Dr. Washington cover. <laughs> then we'll find out who was the man that made jam. So one day, E. Stanley Jones asked Carver how he came to make out all these discoveries. The devout scientist replied, one day I asked God what I could make out of a peanut. God said to me, you have brains, find out for yourself. See, God wants and requires complete obedience, church. Let us not take away from that. But there are two ways we can obey. We can be like Joash and just do it without any thought. Amen? Offering comes. We give. But was it sufficient for the need? Amen. Reach it, pastor. Oh, ouch. Whichever works. Pray for people. But was it in the detail required when you looked at their life? The problem many times when we pray for people, we just mention them. Oh, Lord, help this person, God. And this person. And... Do we go into detail for their lives? 
work, but not wisely. And the list goes on. We have to think, church. We can be like Joash and just do it without any thought. Or we can be like the Shunammite woman who just didn't feed the man of God but took care of his needs. 2 Kings 4, 9-10 And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God and passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a channel lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. You know what's interesting about this? Joash and the Shunammite woman both knew Elisha. Both were obedient, but one was blessed completely and the other not. And one of the main differences between the two was thought. Look at that text. What did she say? She looked at it and said, this is not, no, no, it's just not enough to give, a food, to give food. But let us prepare this and this, a table, a chair, and, and so on. She put thought into it. And in that thought was the blessing that would come upon her life. Secondly, I want to look at losing out. Oh, okay. When we don't focus, when we don't think things through, the reality is we will lose out. What Joash did here could have led him to a series of battles which, which would have eventually cultivated in the destruction of Israel. 2 Kings 13, 19, and the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times and you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it, but now you will strike Syria only three times. That word destroyed comes from the word Allah, which means to end, to cease. We've got to understand at this point of history, the Syrians were a plague on Israel. They were constantly harassing and assaulting them. We've seen other scriptures on that. There are points in our lives where the decisions, the actions made there will give us a complete victory over a situation in our life if we would act accordingly, if we would think it through. Many a times we blame God for the lack of victories in our life. We blame God for the lack of breakthrough. We blame God for the lack of blessings in our life. God, why God, I've been praying, I've been doing that. But the problem is, all that was required for us to receive what we had asked of God or what we are asking of God is a moment's thought. Using what is given us. See, church, God... People make the mistake about discipleship and all that. We are going to make someone exactly. No, no, that's not what discipleship is. God doesn't want robots. We all have our individual characters and look at the disciples, the men that Jesus chose. All walks of life, all types of characteristics. And they all played a part in making the gospel grow. God doesn't want re re robots. That's why he gave us brains. That's why he gave us the ability to think. He wants us to think it through. In April 1803, the French foreign minister stunned Ambassador Livingston by asking, what will you give for the whole of Louisiana? 
By April 30th, an agreement had been negotiated where the United States agreed, agreed to pay France 11,250,000 outright and assume claims of its citizens against France in the amount of $27,267,622. President Thomas Jefferson pressured the Senate to ratif ratify the Louisiana Purchase before Napoleon could change his mind because he realized that the Western settlers who were streaming into the area would hardly be free to trade along the Mississippi once the French army had occupied its western banks. The new territory included the states of Louisiana, Missouri, Arkansas, Iowa, North and South Dakota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, as well as large portions of Kansas, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and Minnesota. No wonder the Louisiana Purchase is considered the greatest bargain in American history. Go on the map and look at those states. <laughs> the great bargain, why? Because someone thought it through and said, let's grab it. <laughs> Sometimes there are no second chances, church. After this, Elijah died. Some of the opportunities we have will only come once. After which all we can do is regret. Hindsight explains the injury that foresight would have prevented. Some of the victories we are seeking are right within our reach. All we have to do is recognize the moment for what it is and think and act accordingly. That we don't let opportunities slip us by. We have to be very careful not to let, because if we are not careful, we very easily can let opportunities slip us by. We see that throughout history. Look in our lives, we see that. In one of the cities of ancient, ancient Greece stood a statue it had wings, a lock of hair on the forehead, and was bald at the back. Underneath was chiseled out in Greek letters these questions and answers. Who made thee? Lysippus made me. What is thy name? My name is Opportunity. Why hast thou wings on thy feet, that I may fly swift, swiftly over the earth? Why, why hast thou a forelock, that men may seize me as I come? Why art thou bald at the back of thy head? Because when I am gone, none can lay hold of me. <laughs> Opportunity. See, I'm going to repeat this. You know, this is a blessing. It can be a curse. <laughs> Not harness, it's a curse. But God gave it to us as a blessing. Have you ever wondered? No one that thinks that always God, not on the sermon, but let me throw it out there since I got time. Amen. Maybe I spoke faster than normal. Amen. My wife most likely is behind there watching it and it's like, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> and where was I about to say? Now I forgot. Now I lost my thought. <laughs> but something important. Amen. Our mind, yes. Have you ever wondered why the word of God is so vague? Have you ever wondered? 
Why doesn't it, it speak so, thou shall not smoke? Okay, leave out smoking, fine. Thou shall not take grass. Marijuana. Thou shall not do heroin. Wasn't it around in those days? It was. Opium is an ancient product. I know, I studied those things. Very important at one point of my life. <laughs> Why isn't it in the word of God? Why is the word of God so vague on so many things? God, it would have, life as a Christian would be much easier. We would not have, won't be having so many issues with churches and all of that stuff if God had just been very direct on a lot of things. He was direct on the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Why is the other things he wasn't so direct? Because he gave us this for a reason. He doesn't want robots. Free will. And so, to, for it, and so we have to use it, church. That's why the word of God is way, and it used to bug my life as a new convert and later on as I started preaching. And I was like, God, why so vague? Here are all these issues churches are facing and people are facing and it would be so much easier if you could just show it to them and say, thou shall not, or thou shall. Why not God? Why? It's, it's here and it's there. Because God wants us to use this church. Because when we have a habit of using this, it blesses our lives. We keep our individuality. We don't become carbon copies of everybody else. What a boring church. <laughs> if we are all carbon copies of everybody else. Like the church and die. <laughs> Ah, church. But for that, to have, we have to use this. And in using the, the blessing is there, church, in our minds. Thirdly, I want to look at a complacent lifestyle. King Joash, or Joash, was a man which did not do right with God. The word of, as we read about him, 2 Kings 13, 11, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but walked in them. This is the man that has seen the miracles of God. He'd seen the judgments of God, yet he would not change his ways. He was complacent about spiritual things. Don't worry, everything will work out fine. Heard that before? There's still time. That's why he panicked when he saw Elijah on his deathbed. He realized his mistake and he thought all opportunity was lost. Because he had a habit of complacency, of putting it off. Those that have rejected the gospel and Christians that live in the permissive will of God have one thing in common. And that is a very complacent attitude. They think everything will somehow or another work out fine. No, sometimes church, it doesn't. Our text shows us that. Problem with having a habit of complacency is when opportunity comes or it's given, we drop the ball. We are so used to that. It becomes part of our nature. It becomes part of our thinking process 
that opportunity comes and we won't recognize it. We don't see it. We just drop the ball because you know what? It's a habit now. That's why Joash only struck the ground three times. It was a habit. Part of his nature, the way he used to do things. I don't worry. Nah, it'll work out. There's always Elijah to handle it. Always Elijah. I don't have to do anything. And that habit becomes part of his lifestyle. And right there, when he's still up, there's still opportunity. Drops the ball because it becomes a lifestyle. We have to break that habit of complacency now itself. That's all, we all have areas in our lives where we are complacent. Ministry, maybe. Maybe a work. Maybe it could be a health. It could be anything. You need to break it while it still can be broken. While there are still opportunities ahead of us. Not all battles we, have, we face have to be fought over and over again. Like our text shows us, there are some battles which can be won once and for all. All that is required is we take those areas a bit more seriously. Fleming was studying Staphylococci, which was a kind of bacteria which, that gives us boils. One of those, those experiments went wrong. He neglected to cover the dish properly so that a patch of mold floated in through a window grew on, in the dish. An ordinary man looking at such a dish would have seen nothing, nothing other than a spoiled experiment. Fleming, however, did two things. He looked at the dish and he thought about what he saw. He saw that one half of the dish was the colonies of Staphylococci. On the other part, he saw a patch of mold. But then he saw more than this. He saw what was not there. And that was... And what was missing was any scatter of Staphylococci near the mold. Why should there be? Why should it be like that? The Staphylococci was there first before the mold blew in. Why then had they not grown anywhere near the mole? All these thoughts went through this man's mind. He pondered, he thought about it, and the question ended in our miracle drug, penicillin. You know, we still use it. Ampicillin, all the silin, 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 uh, except the lady silin. <laughs> I don't know, related. <laughs> penicillin, uh, because one man. An antibiotic that's so critical to our lives. Thought. He thought. He looked, he pondered, he thought. And one of the blessings of humanity came, and out of it would come a blessing to humanity. Some of the blessings in life came not because God whispers in our ears. Some of the miracles in our lives come not because God parts the seas for us. But they come from us not taking life too lightly and from a habit of using the mind which he has given us. I like every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around.